Hi friends, you're listening to Created Podcast, and we're your hosts, Amanda, Taffy, and Emily. Every week, we will take a deep dive into the topic of worth and identity, and how by discovering more of who God is, we can discover more of who we are created to be. No matter if you're a lifelong Christ follower, new to the faith, exploring, or skeptical, our hope as we tackle discussions around this topic is that you will find we are all not too different in our struggles. We believe there is hope, clarity, and confidence in understanding our worth and identity. Well, welcome back to Created, everyone. We're excited. Every time I laugh at myself because I open the exact same every episode, but today is, I think, an extra special day. Um, We are starting a new little mini-series again. I know that we just finished one where we all got to interview each other, which was amazing. Um, But we are now starting a new mini-series on motherhood. So, obviously, this season, we're talking all about the different aspects of being a woman and what womanhood holds. And a big part of that for many women is that area of motherhood. And whether you are a mom to biological children or you carry even a motherly role to other people we know that it's such a big piece of people's lives and so we hope that through this process no matter if you're single dating wherever you're at you're desiring children in your life you have children that these series can be really encouraging for your heart and just the wisdom that these women have and uh Today, we have the real huge honor and privilege, uh, Emily and I do, to introduce our mom onto the podcast. So, (laughs) we are welcoming Cassandra Ravenhill, and we are going to just chat with you today, Mama, but we were wondering if you could, just to start us off here on this series, sharing a little bit about who you are. Can you just tell us... uh, you know, where you were born, how amazing your children are. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just give us a little overview? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you all so much uh, to have me here joining you on your podcast. And um, I am undoubtedly, probably other moms would say, they're your biggest fan, but I can truly we say agree, I totally. am your biggest fan. <laughs> and um, what a blessing it is to be here, yeah, <laughs> to be here today. And um, it is a privilege. Just really briefly, I want to say I've seen this podcast from the inception that was born into Amanda's heart and how God has brought it into fruition um, for his glory, and I am so grateful for that. So again, my name is Cassandra Ravenhill, and I am blessed to be the mom of Emily and Amanda. Um, So grateful and married to the most amazing man, Mike uh, Ravenhill, their dad, who is one of the biggest blessings in my life. Um, We've been married since May of 1992, and we are a Canadian family living in the U.S. So I was born in Red Deer, Alberta, um, Canada. And uh, my family moved around in throughout Canada, um, ending up on Vancouver Island, uh, Victoria area, uh, where I met Mike. And um, we met when we were 24, married when we were 26, and now we are both 57. Just a little bit older. <laughs> Just a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> coming up on 32 years of marriage. Oh, beautiful. So exciting. So Well, I just have to uh, give a little intro to mom too, because um, Mandy got to say her two cents, so I get to say mine. But um, no, we just wanted to, again, just welcome you, mom, and thank you for, we have, Mandy and I got a little sneak peek of what you're going to share today, and just up front say thank you so much for being here and being our mom, and for just being such a good example to us. So we are so excited to hear what you have to say today. I I get the honor and the privilege of asking you a first question, but I have to say, 
um we were talking before and i was like i i don't know what 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 i'm gonna call you because i just know you as amanda's mom and in our culture <laughs> like if someone is older you just can't say their name like it's just it just didn't sit well with me so i was like i cannot call you cassandra right. and then i was like i'm gonna call you mama Cass. and so if you hear me say mama Cass, yes. <laughs> it's because she is so dear to my heart and i just feel like the day that yeah. i i, I knew about you and when you came to visit in townsville when we were with youth with a mission i was on outreach gallivanting wherever and i was so heartbroken when i came back and i heard that amanda's mom had been around and she had had all this girly time with people and i was like what this is like my heart's desire like why <laughs> what is going on lord little did i know yeah. that in the future i would have a lot of mama cast in my life so i am very excited about today i, I woke up excited about what this podcast was going to be like Aww. so i hope our viewers just plug in hear what the lord has to say how he's going to minister to you because mm. it is going to be an amazing time so i'm going to kick us off with our first question because i know i can talk mm. until you know the cows come home so i'm just going to go for it <laughs> <laughs> so mama kaz our first question for you is can you share a season in life a season of life where the lord taught you most about your identity when uh, I read that question, the very first thing that came to my mind was a time in my life, I think I was about 22 or 23 years old, um, and I had become a Christian when I was 14, um, and the Lord had a lot of refining to do in my life. I did not come from a Christian home, and so identity in Him, I really, I mean, God was growing me throughout those years, but one time that I pinpoint specifically is that when I had learned enough about God's Word, I knew that I needed to go to my own mother and ask for her forgiveness for the way that I had treated her. And it was a, it was a time when the Lord humbled me and has uh, He has continually humbled me throughout my life. Um, and in a really good way. And when I say that, I think that there is such strength in being humble, and I believe there is such freedom in being humble. Um, and I do believe it is a way that the Lord is able to work in our lives um, in giving us freedom. Um, I'll just, maybe I'll expand on that a little bit more. Um when I say that I had to ask my mom for forgiveness, I did not grow up in a Christian home, but I did grow up in a home that was very conditional. Um, we had four kids in our family, um, a working mom and a working dad, and my grandmother lived with us and helped to raise us. I was born in the mid-60s um, when a lot of women didn't work, but my mom had to work uh, because we grew up with a secret in our house, and the secret well, I thought it was a secret. It seemed like a secret, but probably to the outside world, it was a very blatant thing. My dad was an alcoholic, and so he could not, you know, he was very difficult for him to hold down a job. So I moved approximately 11 times by the time I was 16. So in that, it became easy for me because I have a very outgoing personality, Um and for my brother, who was very, very, he was an introvert, it was a very difficult process for him. Even though we were only 14 months apart and we went through school together, I became, a, you know, I plugged myself in anywhere we were and made very fast friends. Where for him, um, I think the very first year of high school, my mom came and sat with him every lunch hour for almost a year and brought his lunch. And so, you know, two same home, two very different experiences, different personalities. And I also have two younger sisters, uh, five and seven years younger than me. So their experience growing up was also very different. Growing up in, a, in an alcoholic home is, um, even though my dad stopped drinking when I was nine, until you get healing, even though the drinking stops, the behavior does not stop. And so I was, I was, I learned at a very young age that being good, performing, I mean, I remember one time 
I remember so significantly, I think I was about nine years old and my, my dad was coming home from work and my mom was really upset with me and she, she just kind of yelled, go brush that rat's nest of yours. I'm not going to have your father seeing you look like that. And even though it was kind of a small statement and she was probably saying it out of some frustration she was having, it was very impactful that the way I looked was a very high value to her and to, I thought, the outside world, you know, being, we, we always looked so put together on the outside, while on the inside, our family was a hot mess. You know, it was, uh, it, I say that even though we had so many amazing times growing up, we grew up camping. I, I was, I was in ice skating. I was in brownies. I was in gymnastics. I played volleyball, very active life. And my parents loved us dearly, but there was still just such an undercurrent of um, dysfunction. I think too, when you kind of talk about all of that, it shows so much too of like, I don't know, what, what am I trying to say here? Like, mm-hmm. what shapes, what, even when you're so young, absolutely, how you view yourself and how you view the world. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that I had even shared that the last podcast, yeah. even though you maybe don't realize that little girl that's still inside of you, and not until you meet Christ or until Christ transforms that area of your life, mm-hmm. you, ha- you still have a little girl that really needs healing in so many different areas. And for you, it was extremely pivotal, mm-hmm. really, although I, we always have the opportunity to honor our parents, yeah. yet still, you know, realize the reality also of the situation, mm-hmm. not and, negating that, you know, and so yeah. I think that, yeah. yeah. And I think like, <clears throat> I think like what you had said inside when you were sharing, just the part of going, um, even though when it had stopped, there were there were specific traits that still continued in the home and i think just even for viewers that are listening just it's very hard like sometimes as a christian we all think that as soon as you come to christ and you say yes to jesus everything just magically becomes you know just roses in the garden but actually that's not what happens yes you are set free and 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 the behavior that was causing the sin you know like that thing may have stopped but actually there there is residue of things that stay and they get stuck on us and that is the part where the lord has to come in and and redeem that journey and i think just even hearing part of your story there's just i guess i've got a little question to be asking just you know you talked about how because of what had happened in growing up it was all about the being put together and the outward appearance and I know you're a very beautiful and glamorous woman and and I know you love to speak to people just about you know like makeup and things like that how was the Lord able to come in and just redeem that because I think that sometimes we go through stuff and then we we um we shun the very thing that is beautiful to the lord so in terms of like mm-hmm. the enemy had distorted that you know he had put in you need to be put together everybody mm-hmm. needs to see that your life is all together whereas inside you you're dying but when the lord comes in and he redeems all of that mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we stop looking good you know so how how were you able to walk through that that redemption or that transition into a healthy way of of still looking amazing and glamorous. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I want to tell a little bit more of that part of the story because I think it's Im- important. I do think that it's important to know that just because you become a Christian, I went, uh, my parents, we had moved. One of the times we had moved, I was about 13, and a young life leader had come to our school. And uh, the summer when I turned 14, I was eligible to go to a young life camp in Canada called Malibu. And um, when I got there, that was the very first time that I had heard about the redeeming love of the Lord. And I ran, of course, to give my life to the Lord. And and it was like, yes, pick me, pick me. Um, and yes, I, I was very much grew up like a cheerleader. I'm very outgoing, a very 
open-armed and a loving person, and that is just the way that the Lord has made me, although I was also a very hurting person Mm -hmm. and still looking for love in all the wrong ways. Um, Because I didn't come from a Christian home, I had no role model as to what it looked like to be a godly woman or to be um, what it meant to understand the word of God and apply it to my own life, how that, that, how his word transformed. And I still was not at that stage yet. So, uh, by when I was 14, um, around there, I, I had my first boyfriend and he came from a Christian home and his family was very involved in young life. And I got to know them and, um, but I would definitely say he was not a Christian. And at that age, at that young age, I think I was about 15, uh, when he and I um, became intimate and at that age started having sex. So that, I had had some other incidences when I was young of being almost like in situations of, um, unfortunately, and I don't, you know, it just is what it was in situations where I was mildly molested by a neighbor boy and by another boy who we had gone over to, you know, visit their house and some different things. And so I was already with the way that I was looking for love, looking for acceptance, um, just thought I had no Nobody ever told me that that was wrong, like don't do that or, you know, that you're supposed to keep yourself for marriage or that don't let anybody touch you, don't, you know, um, I think that that was just assumed you were going to be a good girl, Um, but I really didn't know what that meant. I didn't, you know, my mom and I were not really close. She was a young mom. She had me at 22 and my brother at 21. We were, my brother and I were 14 months apart. She met my dad when they were 13 or 14 years old. Um, and of course he was a drinker and she was an enabler trying to keep, you know, the show on the road. Let's say that's probably a good word. Um, and so we didn't have a close relationship. Um, and then, their marriage ended when I was 16. Um, my brother at that, around that, that same year in 1982, my brother and I were very close and we did a lot of stuff together. He was in a very serious car accident. Uh, the, the weekend before he was supposed to start university, he was accepted at UBC in Vancouver, Canada, um, for architectural design. And he was a brilliant architect and still does architectural drawings today. But he, um, from the car accident, I was dating a boy who died in that car accident. And, uh, he was, um, seriously injured with extensive brain damage. And I was 16 at the time. He had just turned, was just, he turned 18 in October. So he was still 17 and I was 16 at the time of the accident. And, um, my mom was in another relationship at the time. My parents' marriage was falling apart. Uh, our world fell completely into shambles at the time. Um, my parents ended up divorcing. My The man that my mom was seeing was moved into our house. My brother was in rehab hospital. And, um, you know, life was a hot mess at the time. I had turned 17. And that summer before that, uh, that same summer, just before my brother's accident, um, oh, or maybe it was the summer before, but I had had an abortion. I had gotten pregnant with my quote-unquote Christian boyfriend and um, I say that, you know, it sounds so flippant, but it had such a profound impact on my life. I remember going to the hospital, my dad took me, and I remember waking up screaming, screaming, my baby's gone, my baby's gone, and I just screamed and I they it took like half an hour for them to calm me down and settle me down and I remember going home with my dad and we stopped and got something to eat and you know that was like on a Wednesday and I went back to school on a Monday and I remember thinking to myself well I guess it's okay because the life is just going on nobody's talking about it nobody's talking about it in my family 
and life is just going on. No, you know, me and the boy didn't really talk about it. We broke up shortly after that. And I lived. So I know one of the questions is, you know, um, becoming my first thing about becoming a mom. And, you know, and I look back at that. And my first experience becoming a mom was the depth of the deepest depth of guilt and shame that one could, you know, attach to parenthood. And so that was the beginning of my reference to being a mom. And unfortunately, my quest for love and acceptance didn't stop there. I ended up after that getting into other relationships. Um, I met a guy who, when I was about 20, no, I was 19, 18, a couple years later, um, he was seven years older than me. Um, when I met him, he was uh, having an affair with his next door neighbor's wife. So I should have known by that, like alarm bell, that he probably wasn't good news. But I ended up being in a relationship with him, and um, I ended up having two more abortions um, in that relationship. And I was so broken, and my family was so broken at the time. My brother was still, um, you know, there was there was little focus on any relationship in our family other than at that time the crisis of my brother and the crisis of my parents' relationship, which had fallen apart. His his um, his car accident was in September, and in December, Christmas Day of that year, uh, my dad left our family at the request of my mom, and we were no longer a family. And that was hard. That was really hard. Um, from that time on, I was basically on my own. I moved out when I was 17, met this guy, um, and because I, in the end, after all of that, I'd gone away to to university and uh, came back, and I ended up marrying him because even after two abortions, I felt like no man, no good man would ever have me. I, you know, believed so many lies of the enemy. And uh, being in that relationship was horrible. Um, he wanted to have an open relationship. You know, I'm, I'm 19, 19 years old. I don't even know what that means. I, do, I have no context uh, for living with a person who wants to have an open relationship. And obviously that meant he wanted to have other partners within our, our marriage. And um, it was at a time when I dr started drinking very heavily. I was um, very broken. I was working in the cosmetic industry at the time um, and ended up, he wanted to pursue that, that lifestyle. And I knew in my heart that if I ever, I mean, and that, I mean, what was funny about that, not funny, but how God works. I was a young life leader at the time. So here I was, every Monday night, going to Young Life, leading as a Young Life Christian leader, married to a non-believer who wanted to have other people in our, you know, sexual partners in our relationship, and I was drinking at home because that's how I was coping. Um, and even though I was very broken, God was very faithful. I remember working for a Christian fellow. I one of the, the this young life leader who had taken me to Young Life Camp was also a lady in my life who's still in my life today, even though we're not as close. She uh, gave me a job as a receptionist at a company, and I worked for this company and was under the wing of this man who was a very strong Christian. He and his wife, and they brought me to Bible study. I ended up leaving that relationship when I was about 21, so married at the young age of 19 and divorced at, you know, <laughs> 23. Um, yay for me. Uh, but God was so good. When, when um, those friends came into my life and I joined their Bible study, they gave me a Bible, and inside it was the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. And when you come to me and you call on me and you pray to me, I will answer 
And even though the Lord is speaking to Israel in that passage, the Lord was speaking to my very life. He said, come to me. I have plans for you, and I will give you hope, and I will give you a future. And what I could not see then in my brokenness and in my shame and in my failure and in my depth of depravity, I would call it at that time, and and I truly was, there was such a depth of depravity, even though I never entered into any relationship, praise God, that I never went down that path with with um, my husband at the time that wanted me to, I knew in the depth of my soul that if that happened, I don't think that there would have been any coming back. I think that it would have ruined me in a way, even though God is redemptive. um, I know for me personally, that would have broken something inside of me that God protected me so greatly from. Mm -hmm. And he was so good. And if I could have seen my future... I would have run so fast, but um, anyway, he was full. I mean, he was so gracious, and it's where I really learned grace. And in that, I want to come back to where I found my identity. It was in that where I learned to humble myself and ask my mother for forgiveness. Because at that time of my life, I did everything I could in order to hurt her and be distant from her and show her what she had done to me in that broken relationship that I had with her. I was really taking out my pain on her. And the Lord said, no, you need to go humble yourself and ask for forgiveness. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Where do you even go from there? I asked Emily and Amanda about this because where do you go from there? And where I would love to offer in God's goodness uh, to created podcast is if there is anybody out there struggling with divorce or with abortion Mm -hmm. that they can they can reach out to created and in turn reach out to me and I would love to um, share with them my come alongside them and hear their heart basically Mm -hmm. not that I would have any more to share but just to be uh, be a resource Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I think often so it doesn't matter how old you are whether you're 16 or or 57 or 80 when you have do not have those things resolved with the Lord Mm -hmm. the freedom in Christ that he offers and the redemption and the healing that it is a very very hard cross to bear and I just want to offer to those people who are hurting that I would be happy to be someone to lean on and who does have experience and understanding and can show you the grace of God yeah. through his I healing. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think in that story, in that story as well, just the redemptive, the redemptive power um, of what you have shared, just the Lord going out for leaving the 99 and going out for the one and how redeeming it was. And and I think a lot of the times, no matter what situation you're in, you always think I'm too far gone for the Lord to come and rescue me. I'm too far gone for the Lord to redeem. And, and you know, for me, you know, we shared about this before the podcast, but I didn't know half of the story of what you've shared. But one of the things I did say, I said, I'm so excited for today because your life, Mama Cass, is you're the fruit of your life is the goodness of the Lord. The fruit of the of your life is the faithfulness yeah. of God. And I yeah. haven't even known half of the backstory of what had happened. Yeah. And, and I even as you shared Jeremiah 29, 11, I think a lot of the times we read that when we're new Christians, we read that when we have everything figured out and everything is, is, mm-hmm. is rosy and the sun is shining. But how do you read that verse when everything has fallen apart? How do you read that verse when you've said there was a lot of shame? There's, there's a lot of things that had happened by the time the Lord brought that verse mm-hmm. to you. There's a lot of things that had happened that even in that 
that you'd be like lord you are justified to only give Mm -hmm. me a fraction of what this plan is but he doesn't say i give you a fraction of the plans that i have Mm -hmm. for your life he doesn't say because you have walked out well i'm only i'm gonna give you the best he goes I will give you the best. He was talking to Israel who had done the most unmentionable things to God and kept on doing it. And he is saying this and going, I know the plans I had for you. They are good plans. They're not rubbish plans. They're not plan B, C, D. They are the perfect plan that I've always had for you. So, So it's just such a beautiful story to just hear that. Wow, the redemptive power of the Lord when he comes into our life, no matter where we are, and he redeems and does a beautiful thing. Some people, we never get to see the end of the story. But here we are getting to see this, the redeeming power of motherhood. You know, you have two beautiful daughters who are on their Mm -hmm. journey of motherhood. And we've heard so much from Mm -hmm. them. This is a story that the Lord began Mm -hmm. and he continues to to say from generation to generation. So thank you so Mm -hmm. much for your vulnerability. And I know there's so much more, but I just just wanted us to not lose sight of the redemptive power of our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right on that redemptive stream i wanted to kind of go back to the question that we were going to ask that you had um kind of pointed to uh in the middle of your story which is sharing a little bit more about your journey with motherhood and i know that you shared the really hard tender part of your very beginning journey of motherhood can you share how the lord turned the shame and the grief um And maybe I know Emily and I know a very specific story in particular that includes Emily and I was inside your womb. Um, Can you just share the journey I think the the Lord has taken you on in that aspect of your life? And as Taffy was sharing it, you know, again, so beautifully how how good God is regardless of you know, what we've done and who we are. He's such a good God. And this is, I always tell all my friends, I know the transformative love of the Lord because of my mom and because of her life. And for everyone who is listening, Emily and I actually, I will give honor to my parents as well, even how my mom chose to share her story with us. She actually waited until high school um, where we were in immature enough space uh spiritually and emotionally um i think to be able to really understand where my mom had journeyed with the lord and i think even we knew maybe certain parts of her testimony in a very broad stroke but nothing to the detail in which she was willing to share with us as we got older but i think the beauty of that there's so much even that was so impactful in my life learning the real power of the testimony of my own mom um knowing that i was the gift that the lord had given her you know i think that there is something we talk about the generations we talk about how we can be a sand like a a line in the sand in our family and then how the blessing of the lord last generations Mm -hmm. and i think that revelation in my own life, getting to see that through my parents, them both not coming from Christian homes, being a line in the sand and being fruit of that, I mean, was so, so impactful. But for you, mom, I know that took a really long time for you to switch coming from the shame and the grief into seeing the impact maybe of those things. Can you share a little bit more of what that looked like for you? Yes, it I just love God so much. I love I I would be a very different person today if I did not have if I did not know Jesus and his redeeming love and how much he loves me. When I was um when I was pregnant with Amanda, our church started uh they were announcing that they were opening up a crisis pregnancy center in Victoria. And I remember Mike and I sitting at church, um, and they were announcing, saying they were opening it up, that they were saying they needed counselors, and they were looking to the church for anybody who would be interested, and that there was going to be a program that people could go through to work at the Crisis Pregnancy Center. And I knew that 
minute, that second that it was announced from the pulpit that there was going to be a crisis pregnancy center, I looked at Mike and we looked at each other. I knew that I had to be a part of that. And so when I went... um, Part of what they do when you become a counselor at the Crisis Pregnancy Center is you have to go through their 13-week program. And they train you, and you go through a whole Bible study. And through that study, the Lord, I I did nothing, the Lord healed me from the shame and guilt and depravity that I felt from having those abortions. I remember sitting in my living room one afternoon, and I was very pregnant with you, Amanda. It must have been either late in the year or early January or February even, and I had Emily on my lap, and I was crying. I was just sobbing to the Lord and thanking Him for forgiving me for what I had done. And I remember so vividly Emily's little hand. She was not quite too. She reached up to me and she touched my cheek and she said, it's okay, mommy. It's okay. Like in her little voice that could barely speak words. And I heard the Lord say, it is okay. They are with me. And I just thought to myself, God, you are so good. You are not only the giver of life, and even when we are so depraved that we would take the very thing that you would give, you would give assurance to my heart that you have taken care of those babies, that you have them and all is well, and that I can be whole and that I can be free and that I be, can be given something that I don't deserve. And not only that, not only, Lord, did you heal my heart and give me freedom and give me peace and give me wholeness, you gave me two more beautiful girls. And to say that I could fall down and I do fall down before the Lord on my face and worship at his throne because it's not me. It has nothing to do with my power, my goodness, my desire, my will, but it is his goodness, his power, his will that all things are done through our lives if we are willing to lay them out before the Lord. And that really is my story of healing from abortion. And even as far as, you know, divorce at a young age, it's the same thing. It is if you are willing to lay your life down and have the Lord redeem it and ask for forgiveness, he he will forgive you. That is his promise. That is one of his many, many promises to us that if we seek forgiveness from our sins and from our waywardness, from his love, he will redeem us and he will make us new. And that is what he has done for me. Well, we're all sitting here in tears with you, mom, because that was just such a beautiful picture. And obviously now being a mom and the goodness, now I'm going to cry. That just God uses of our own kids to just use them in sweet, tender, tender ways like that of like, just like you said, like me putting my hand on your face of his sweet goodness to use your child that you had in your hands to show you his love and care for you in the midst of your sadness for your other children. And um, I think you just explained it just so beautifully and I know that like kind of echoing what man said like your story has greatly impacted my life and also showed me just what it means to be a mom and I know that for you I was one and Amanda was a baby at that time and it really was the beginning of your journey of being a mom and you had already learned so much I think up to this point with just having a one-year-old but Um, If you could share 
I love just kind of what you shared too before about like when you stepped into motherhood, what you thought it was going to be like, and then just learning like from that time on when you had, when you felt healing and you were able to kind of move from that place of shame and guilt to, okay, these are my children that God has given me. I have two beautiful little girls. Now, what does life look like on this side of my relationship with the Lord moving forward? Um, and how did you navigate just what did you learn in that in that time? Well, I learned that I was the perfect, loving, caring, <laughs> most amazing, godly mother ever. Oh my gosh, no. Um, wow, as a matter of fact, I learned quite the opposite. Um, I don't know, in my mind, I guess I thought I said what was going to happen and the kids were going to do what I said to do. Um, I just thought... <laughs> doesn't it work that way? Don't you just tell them what to do and they do it? Um, so needless to say, by the time Amanda was about one and a half and Emily was about three and a half, I wound up in counseling. Um, I was I was very frustrated as a mother. I did not have any skills. I felt very helpless. Other, unlike I, what I I did have a good church, and that was very helpful, and I did have very good friends, um, and that was also very helpful. Um, but still at that stage, I wasn't offered later on when you guys were a little bit older. I went, uh, the, the church had some great parenting um, Bible studies, Paul Tripp, um, some of you might remember back in those days, there was another another one too, but um I ended up in, all that to say, I ended up in counseling, and one of the most profound things that the counselor said to me had nothing to do with um, being godly, but it had to do with being organized. And he basically said to me, one of the things that would be very helpful is that if you get up before your children and get yourself ready and organized, then you won't be so frustrated trying to get yourself organized and or ready when your kids are trying to do the same thing. Like basically get up, get yourself together, get your house together, and then you can start looking after your family. And that stuck with me and and really did stick with me throughout my mothering years. It's a thing I learned, whether it was getting up, getting my workout gear on, throwing my hair in a ponytail and putting some lipstick on. That was my MO, and I really practiced that throughout my, uh, throughout the girls' growing up years. And that had a pro profound impact on me. And then, as I grew a little older as a mother, the church had, like I said, had great parenting courses, housekeeping courses. Um, I laugh because, and I was telling the kids this, I grew up in an era where Monday was, um, you know, clean, wash the sheets. Tuesday was dust the house. Wednesday was vacuum. Thursday was mop the floors. And Friday was polish the silver. You know, it was, that's what we grew up in. Everything was, we ate every meal when together. had silver to polish. <laughs> polish, right. <laughs> hey, I still polish my silver. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just saying nobody has silver anymore to polish. I know. Yeah, your mama does. And iron your underwear. Right. I'll throw yeah, that out yeah, there because yeah, yeah. I don't think we own an iron anymore, which right. my parents probably don't want to hear, but... <laughs> Yes, and you know it was, and I took I took being a mother and a housekeeper very seriously. Although I did have, I do have, and have had a very long career as a makeup artist. Um, that has been my passion and my love outside of the home. But for the majority of the time, while you girls were growing up, um, you know, I did Mary Kay when you guys were little, but nothing to no no great extent. I I loved being a mom and a, and a homemaker. And that truly was my identity. And I know we were talking earlier, um, or, or the question really is, what d did I learn about myself, I think, in motherhood? And what I learned was that, um, number one, being on my knees, praying. The Lord is so gracious. One of the... One of the um, the the verses that we wrote down was uh, what was that verse? Oh yeah, here it is. Um, Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways 
acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I don't know what verse that is. Does anybody know that verse? But that really was, even though I didn't know it, that was my mantra for living. I was on my knees. Praying was my thing. Lifting everything up to the Lord, praying for my kids, praying for my family, praying for my husband, praying, praying, praying. I mean, you all probably, there's might be some listeners here, remember the Stormy O'Martin era where, you know, the power of a praying wife, the power of a praying mother, all of those things, Paul Tripp and Chuck Holmes and all of the, you know, learning how to be a mom, that was a huge thing for me. Not that I didn't learn from my mother and my grandmother who raised us. I certainly learned how to keep a house. Um, but it was the deeper relationship of how to grow my children God's way. A lot of you will remember that one. Um, you know, in the love of the Lord and the discipline of the Lord and, you know, making your children wait before they spoke, if you were speaking, um, having your children put their hand on your shoulder if they wanted to speak to you while you were speaking to others, calling people by Mr. and Mrs. Um, you know, those were all the growing kids God's way and, and first time obedience, um, all that kind of stuff. So I learned a lot. I've, I'm a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. And now I'm learning how to be a grandmother and not parent my children while they are trying to parent theirs. Um, <laughs> You know, God's never done with us, never done with us. And in that, what I would say is it has helped to keep me humble. I never want to be a parent that cannot come before their children and ask for forgiveness and be humble, even though it's still such a work and my girls are so gracious to me, um, even though I know they get frustrated with me and, and rightfully so, that's okay because we're both learning, we're both growing. Um, my girls are the most amazing mothers and yet are still growing in that role themselves. And, and, uh, I grew up in a different era and it sounds so funny to say, because I would say that about my own mom, um, and my grandmother who lived with me growing up. And yet, um, here they are a first, well, they're the second generation now of believers in the Lord and they are the most beautiful women, I have ever met on the planet. Uh, they love the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul. And this this podcast is one expression of that. But as you've heard through their lives and through the rich friendships like the one they have with Taffy, shows you that God can do anything. He goes before us and he makes a way. I love just your story, Mom. And I think that it has been, not I'm going to get emotional yet. I know a prayer of Amanda and mine that you would share your story. I think you, I know you have in your past, but to share it with us, I think present or hearing you. And it is just such a beautiful picture of God's goodness. And I even laugh just like you shared with us, like when we were little, you would run to your room and shut the door when dad would get home because you had just had enough of it. But then to hear just that you loved being a mom so much. And I think as a mom, we get so caught up in like the day-to-day -day or what we're doing wrong or the, all the things we're not doing right. And like for me, I often think of you and your story and just like that there's so much forgiveness and redemption like in the Lord, even though my story, honestly, I'm so grateful. It is not your story, but to to be the daughter of a mom who so faithfully followed the call of the Lord and learned, wanted to learn how to be a godly mom and how to raise godly children. And that that was such a desire for you. I think when you grow up in a Christian home, while that is my absolute desire for my children to know and love Jesus, I think when you have a life before knowing Jesus, you understand and see why that is so important to impart on your kids and you you get the weight of of what it means to raise godly children and so i am just so grateful that Amanda and i get to be the children that are just the result of yours and dad's faithfulness and um prayers and yes we're all we are all still growing and now we are in a new phase of you're in a new phase of motherhood and we're in a phase of motherhood and 
and that does look different now. And but I'm grateful for the continued things that you impart on Amanda and I and just the example that you've been you do the hard things when it's the right thing and you encourage us and like kind of back to Taffy's like question too about like you and how you love makeup and to look pretty and like but that is just your outward expression of your inward beauty and the Lord has really like you that does not overshadow or it's not a just a like you said in your childhood, it was a face. It's no longer just a face for you. It is who you are and how you've raised us and also shown us that it's fun to look pretty and wear makeup and have fun clothes. And yeah. But that's not who we are. Right. And I think that like you, I definitely know that Amanda and I have learned to be confident, bold women because of the example that you have set for us. So all that to say, I just, I, I have been so impacted. I was going to say too, back to like kind of what Mandy said, I will never forget the day that you told us I was about to go to college and this is going to make me cry again, but the Lord had been, the song Forgiveness had just come out and I was like, why why is this song like so impactful to me? I have no one to forgive, but nothing's wrong in my life right now. And I really felt like when mom told us this, like I know she said like, how do you guys feel? Are you upset with me? Does this make me, you guys think of me any differently? Like just her own fears of like sharing her truest self and her, all of her past with us, um, I know was so hard. But to see even in that, like my heart, the Lord was already preparing to hear because my mom and dad had always raised us like to like that abortion is not an option, that every child is a child from conception and divorce is not what we do in this family. And, you know, all these biblical principles. And then she's telling us the story of her life. And but to see in my own heart, the Lord's covering over all of that in preparation as her child, just that. I had already forgiven in a way I didn't even know I needed to. And not that I needed to forgive my mom, but I think that that can be a hurtful thing to hear as a kid when you think that your parents are a certain way. But like Mandy said earlier, it just became such an incredible picture of God's redemption. And that is not who my mom is. And it was it is not the mom that we had raised us. Yes, it is part of her story, but all because of God's redemption in her life and Um, his transformative work so and I think too for us sorry to jump in I think it gave she was able in that space then too we were able to now understand why a lot of those things um were so important to her and what Mm -hmm. she taught us in why the Lord's heart is for that what is the protection around that what is the protection around life what is his you know, what is his true heart for those things? And I think it gave us like a completely new whole rounded understanding as to maybe the, some of the things that we were taught growing up, but it gave way now for real conversation as to the Lord's heart for some of those issues. And I do believe that there was like wisdom in withholding until we were mature enough to have some of those conversations for sure. But I do want to say, I think as we are closing I know Emily just kind of got to honor mom. I also just want to honor you, mom, too, because I think that um, it we're all just tearied over here. Anyways, um, I obviously being a mom now myself and raising like a little boy, um, it's it's one thing, I think, obviously, to raise like really strong men. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I want to be a strong mom and you need to be a strong mom to raise a strong man. <laughs> you know and I think uh what a beautiful uh even in your testimony and knowing you and all through your life the Lord made you such a vibrant strong young woman and uh you were able to make friends wherever you were at and all of these things and yet then the Lord a lot of those things were tainted through just tragedy and trauma in your life but then now we got to see the mom that was full of life that was bold that was all of these things um so i think just the beauty of even who he created you to be redeeming that holy and we got that version which is so beautiful and i think that yes 
there's so much that you still go through like you were saying sorry emily your three-year-old self put mom in counseling <laughs> just kidding sorry about that <laughs> i always i always like to tease you emily because she was i'm telling you it was my no, 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 i know i'm just i'm teasing i'm teasing i'm totally teasing um but you know there there's so much that we have to still grow in and goodness like counseling is a huge part of my story and i'm grateful that i'm in it so that i can be a better mom you know like so that i can be a better wife so i can be a better friend and I think even in that, like giving me freedom in a part of your story and just being willing to always say, I want to sacrifice to pursue the Lord. Like if it means going to counseling, it's going to counseling. If it means being a part of this, it's doing that. I want to take the parenting classes. I want to do this. I want to figure out how to take care of my home in the, in the best way. And I think for uh, Emily and I, it's just painted a, a model and a picture for us to say, yeah, I'm not afraid to reach out for help when I need it. I'm not afraid to go to counseling. I'm not afraid to seek wisdom, to seek counsel. I don't know it all. And like you've been saying, the humility of just saying, I need the Lord and I need people and I need help. And that's where our strength comes from. And so I just honor you, mom, and your story. And it's, it, again, I just love, I, I feel like the recipient and I am the recipient of the grace of god in your life and that is in is extremely humbling to me that i get to be that to be a gift of that like you know to be even a gift of his grace in my own life Mm -hmm. but to see that kind of generational passed on is extremely humbling because it's also like wow i have such a treasure Mm -hmm. and i'm like emily said i'm so grateful you had the heart to raise us the way that you did so we didn't have to experience the pain and trauma that you have had to endure in your life and that is a gift like that is so precious so i want to give option for anyone else right now before we wrap up mom do you have anything i i do one thing i don't want to leave without saying is number one the lord has set me free For anybody out there listening who does not know the Lord, who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, come to Him no matter what the circumstance. He will set you free. He says in His Word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. And He offers eternal life. Something that we don't talk about, our generation does not talk often about, especially in this culture today. There is a real hell and there is a real heaven. And the Lord wants to love you and to have a relationship with you. And he is pursuing you. And all you need to do is come to him and ask him to be the Lord over your life and ask for the forgiveness of your sins. And the Lord is just and faithful and he will forgive you and he will answer you. Um, And number two, I wanted to say, I do not want to leave without saying one of the things the Lord has laid on my heart the last few years of my life that he has imparted this wisdom on me. And he says, everything is for my purpose, plan, kingdom, and glory. And it might sound to those that do not know the Lord that, you mean, it's all about Him? Like, my life isn't about me? And that is the truth. The life life is all for God's purpose, plan, kingdom, and glory. But in that, you have freedom and you have joy that you cannot know in this world without him and you have peace and you have true love the things that our hearts long for if you walk around like an empty vessel the world will certainly fill it with a lot of things but nothing can fill your heart like the redemption the redeeming love of jesus the one that died on the cross for your sins, all of our sins. And that's what he came to this earth to do. Not just to be a good man, but to die in your place so that you could have life in him. And so anybody out there also who does not know 
the redeeming love of God. Reach out to Created. Any one of these women would be happy to talk to you or myself about what it means to give your life to the Lord and let Him be the King over your life. And you too, sounds so contrite, but it's so true, can have freedom to love and be loved in a way that you have never experienced before. And on that beautiful note, we want to say thank you so much, Mama Cass, for coming and being with us. I am sure this was not going to be the last time that we hear from you. I'm just putting it out there, you know, just just in case. I don't know what your daughters think, but, you know, I'm like, there's a, there. I have a lot of more questions. And I'm like, the world needs to know these questions. So I'm just putting it out there and saying, I'm sure we're going to have you back again. But thank you so much for just your openness, your vulnerability, but also just the nuggets of wisdom wisdom of how you you have walked through your life in in the pain in the struggle but also in the faithfulness of saying yes to Jesus and continuing on that path and we we get to see the fruit of that and we get to see three generations of the fruit of that and who knows you know many more to come um in the name of Jesus but thank you so much for coming and being with us and created family if you've been listening you know take that step you know reach out reach out if it's to your church if it's to your leaders talk to someone invite them into your story you know obviously you know you could send us messages as well but invite them into your story and walk alongside someone so you can see freedom for yourself and for generations to come so that's it from us and um hope you have a great week bye everyone thank you so much for listening to the created podcast don't forget to like and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. You can find us at created.podcast on Instagram and also on our website, youarecreated.com. Hope you join us next week, but until then, don't forget, you are created.